0: We're back, we're back, we're truly back. It's a distraction. I'm Drew, that's Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm feeling good, man. How are you? We uh, we have a very special guest. We uh, These things come in threes. We had Bob Mould two weeks ago, we had The Locks, and now another musical legend joins us. It's Wired editor, Megan
1: Greenwell. Hi, Megan. Wow. Hi, Drew. Hi, Roth.
0: Hey, how's it going? You might remember Megan uh, as the editor-in-chief and our former boss at Deadspin. Uh, and, of course, uh, Shit! What was the other thing I was gonna? <laughs> <laughs> she's a, there's a bunch of other things about her. She, oh, of course, she's the godmother defector. Duh. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I only forgot the the site I currently work at, like a fucking idiot. Uh, Greenwell. Uh, we got to talk to you about everything, but first we got to talk to you about dogs because you tweeted just like three <laughs> seconds ago. Oh yeah. That, that your dog won't fucking walk. My dog Carter will also not walk, which is deeply fucking annoying because he needs to walk so he isn't fat. He's like a, But
1: you've had him for so long. Has he always done this?
0: Like he used to like, okay, like we used to take him out and he would literally lie down on the pavement <laughs> like to announce that he didn't want to fucking walk anymore. And we were like, oh God, all right, fine. And then we would have to do the thing where you pull him on the leash like to the point where you're choking him to death. And the dog trainer said, no, 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 you don't do that. He has to walk on his own terms. Well, when he wants to walk on his own terms. He doesn't want to fucking walk at all. So I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So now, like, he, he used to walk better, and some days he walks well, and he's gotten over his eye surgery, like, all the way, but there are days, like, like when he puts his head down and, like, starts, like, like he's almost licking the pavement, like, I know he doesn't want to do anything, and I really don't know how to solve it, short of just... Yanking him like he's, a, like he's a circus animal. I don't know what to do, Megan. Wait,
1: you may have misunderstood what I was looking for here. I was not looking <laughs> for commiseration. This was not like a misery loves company. I was looking for advice from people who had like solved the problem.
0: Drew, that's terrible service journalism on your no, part. No, see, my advice is to just be miserable. <laughs> because I don't know what else to okay,
1: do. Okay, well, if any dog trainers listen to this show, surely there are defector supporting dog trainers in the world. Please... Get at me because I need to know how to fix this problem with my otherwise very well-behaved and lovely dog. Yeah, I, mean, I, I
2: think some context is worth mentioning on Megan's dog uh, just because it it's new and it's a pug. So the fact that it doesn't know what it's doing and its body doesn't work kind of is like the sort of thing that should be on the packaging when you bring one home from the dog store.
1: This is fair. However, he has gone on like six-mile hikes. So once you get past that initial like stretch just past home, he's totally cool and he'll happily hike all day. But he just the stretch past right by home, it's impossible.
0: Yeah, I've had that with Carter too, where like he'll walk somewhere if it's new, but if it's a neighborhood, he's like, Yeah I've seen I've seen all this shit before. (laughs) I've smelled all this. There's no new animal is pissing on this hydrant. Does uh does Theo eat a lot of shit he's not supposed to eat, like rocks and stuff like that, because that's a puppy thing.
1: Not really, no.
0: No, that's good.
1: That's he likes eating more. leaves sometimes. But even those he'll just chew on and then spit out. That's fiber.
0: There's nothing yeah. wrong with that.
2: It's He's like, right. uh, yeah. One, uh, uh, one of my favorite things online are the little videos that Megan puts up of Theo in uh, Zoomy mode, I guess, which is like a thing that happens to, to dogs after baths or whatever, where they just start darting around. And him just zipping around your couch, barking ineffectually is... I mean, it's great cinema, just on its own uh, for what it is, but it is also, like, really a reminder of of how far from wolves we've allowed these guys to become. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's really true. We're living in the woods at the moment, and um, I think last night as we were going to bed, he heard a coyote or something, and he just barked at it for, like, an hour, but his bark is so stupid. It's like... Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> So like the thought, the fact that he thought he was scaring away a coyote with this was just delightful.
0: So is it, is it an like annoying shrill bark or is it just sort of like,
1: no, it's like a weird proto bark. It's like almost like a frog <laughs> ribbit where he doesn't fully <laughs> open his mouth.
0: We used to, we had Carter sleeping in the room after his surgery. We had to kick him back down to the crate after cause he was barking at me. But at night he would make weird sounds like in his sleep almost like a dog talking in his sleep like bloop 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> and I like I would think like is there something wrong with the water heater or something? And I was like, "Wait, no, it's the my dog is dog. scat singing. It's fine. It's normal actually." Uh I have to uh I have to talk to you about the uh the A's Megan uh because Never heard uh, of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got a text from you
1: Oh no, we're doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna dox the text, but it's okay. It's all right. It, it, you, I'm not doxing like your your medical records or anything like that. But you said uh, you said the A's are not still in the playoffs. By the time we record the podcast, I'll be furious. So hence you are furious. Uh, and I said I couldn't guarantee that. And then you texted me, "They're gonna beat the Astros." Come on, and they didn't. And I cannot tell you how sad I am that they didn't beat the Astros because I fucking hate the Astros. It really fucking sucks. And it's annoying that they're going to get swept out of the playoffs by the Rays, who are like, eh, it's like, of all no. the teams. Like, like the A's were one of the few teams left in the field I liked and was cheering for. Like, it was only the California teams that I wanted. And yeah. Like, like majorly, the, the, like, the Padres. The rest of them are shit, and I don't like they
1: Yeah, they're, it's all boring shit teams now.
0: I mean, the Braves are. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and defend
2: the Braves. Everybody, <laughs> it's my job as the Mets idiot to be like, no, Austin Riley actually. Like if I saw him, I'd fucking kick him off a bridge. I, they're they're good. They're really good, and they built their team decently well. There's just like you know, in terms of uh, talking about things that are objectionable, like they were basically doing trafficking in the Dominican and Venezuela for players. Like it's kind of hard to look at them and be like, yeah, they did it right. They did it their own way. They developed these dudes <laughs> right. like they had them, you know, whatever to sign to like secret deals. when they were 13 years
0: old. It's not really like uh, that chill a move. No, it's, it's not there. I've hated, I've hated the Brazars since I was a kid. Cause obviously the twins played them in a series and beat them. Uh, but also uh, because they were the, they were the TNT team. So they're yeah. always on cable yeah. and, and and TNT tried to brand them America's team, which is annoying enough with the Dallas Cowboys. But even <laughs> more annoying somehow with the fucking Atlanta so Braces. No one gives a shit about the Atlanta. When I was a brace. kid, when I was
2: little, we my family would go on vacation to Hilton Head, South Carolina. And so the I couldn't watch the games that I was used to, you know, watching, like the Mets or the Yankees, and there wasn't like an ESPN game of the week type thing. So the only baseball you could watch was WGN, which was the Cubs, or Right. Uh, The Turner Networks, which is the Braves, and they were trying to brand them as America's team in like before they called up like Glavin and Smoltz and like the players they developed when it was just like Dale Murphy and a bunch (laughs) of guys with perms like winning like 70 games every year, which is, I mean, whatever, more accurate than they knew, I think. But it was also like I remember even as a kid being like, well, that doesn't seem like that's going to work. That's just Glenn Hubbard. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then they got know,
1: more they because got. of the TBS thing and also because of Chipper Jones it just Chipper Jones Ugh. just drove me crazy Chipper Jones Chipper-
2: is going through that thing right now but it happens to all retired players where they turn into James Hetfield within three years of retiring like there's I've seen some photos of him where he basically looks like like he looks like Mark McGuire but also like James Hetfield in the way that like just there's a singularity of rectangular dudes that like
0: fish a lot and he's achieved that I always think of him as because he he got monstrously uglier every year. Like he started out like a youthful sort of chipper looking. Nice, man. Oh, well done, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And then every year, like like a like like each tooth would get more crooked, and like his his like his complexion would become more pockmarked, and like his <laughs> face would grow more rectangular. And it was like it was like Barney Gumble, like when he has his first beer, like the transformation they show. So I'm I always think- like. I was like, what happened to him? Like what – he was taking whatever, whatever the opposite of roids are is what he was taking. Like some sort of horrifying witch brew aging syndrome.
2: <laughs> it's actually – it's a disorder that happens where um, – it's called permanent goatee. And it's the sort of thing where if you, if you grow a goatee and it becomes like a, a, you're, you know, what, you're a carrier, uh, like you, it will just continue expanding the size of your head until you shave it. It's sad
0: really. <laughs> Uh, Greenwell, has your sports viewing intake been, uh, this fall in the middle of the pandemic? Are you enjoying watching all the COVID sports or are you a little like, uh, I don't know.
1: I enjoyed basketball a lot. I watched a ton of basketball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed baseball insofar as like, I was a miserable suffering AIDS fan who made everybody around me miserable too. Right. Uh, I was in a bad mood all the time. Um, I haven't watched any football at all. Literally, have basically no idea except that I've been playing DraftKings with you morons. Right. I know enough to know like who I should pick when they're playing the Vikings or whatever. Um, and I won sixteen cents in DraftKings last week. By the way, before I'm hey yeah. forgetting this week. That's big uh, money.
0: So that's a that's my
1: sports intake. It's weird. I'm. I'm confused about my sports intake. I really just want basketball to come back because, like, basketball's fun. The bubble is cool. It's, like, I feel less gross about watching it.
0: The bubble was an insane success. I mean, unless they're lying to me, which they absolutely could have been. No one tested positive. The the games were exciting. The Zoom fans were cool. They're much cooler than cutouts. Yeah. I I will say the one thing
2: that I noticed after reading, uh, Kelsey McKinney wrote a, a good story for us about how the the bubble has, like, hurt people, like sort of freelance camera operators, like the the other people that make NBA broadcasts good. Right. And she made the point in there about, like, you know, you're not seeing as many angles. You're not getting, like, all of the shots and the reactions that you're used to. And I think that I had just sort of implicitly understood that it was less good. And then once I read that, it was like I was seeing all of the stuff that I that I sort of wasn't seeing. The basketball was very good. There was something kind of freakish and flukish about some of it, at least until it got down to the inevitable part. But like I really, um I don't know, it made me pine for watching actual normal, meaningless basketball games in a way that I like the absence of basketball didn't, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that seems right.
0: Do you think Greenwell they'll do another bubble for the twenty twenty one season, which was not going to start it will at the earliest, it'll start in January. And I assume that it'll, it may take even longer than that. Do you think they'll do another bubble or is this a one time? I can't imagine them being able to do it again.
1: I mean, I feel like they're going to have to. Like now that they have the reputation as the responsible league,
0: right. you yeah.
1: can't just blow that.
2: That was your like first mistake.
1: Shit by next spring. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I mean, what's going to happen, right, is like with all things, the WNBA will take the lead, say they're doing a bubble, and then the NBA will be like, oh, yeah, no, we're the good guys, too. We're doing a bubble. Right.
2: Asking (laughs) them to do it for a whole year, for a full regular season, though, is, I mean, it won't be a full regular season because they'll have to shorten it. But like, God, I mean, asking them to do this shit for three months is crazy enough. Yeah, I I can't even imagine.
0: Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Greenwell.
1: I was just going to say, can't you start in a bubble and then move out?
0: Well, why but bother, why bother starting in the bubble at all, then? Why not just do well, the NFL Well, because
1: theoretically, thing? at some point during the season, we'll get the vaccine. Yeah. The
2: vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I keep forgetting about how <laughs> imminent that like, is.
1: Someday we might transition back to something resembling normal life. Maybe it'll be during the next NBA season. It will not be during the next. Yes,
2: season. it's fair. <laughs> you can't, can't apply subtitles to a podcast, so thank you for adding your own there.
0: Yeah. You're
1: welcome. I'm I'm torn
0: because I I was like I was astonished at what they were able to accomplish with the bubble. Like I really liked watching the the games. Like I said, nobody tested positive, and all that stuff. But I know that there was an invisible toll I'm not seeing. You know, the guys like Paul George have already spoken out about the idea that they're stuck in a hotel, possibly away from their families, you know, for three awful months, trying to just do their jobs. You know, I I I can imagine how. And and that's just the players. And like, you know, you're talking about media people too and and team employees and stuff like that. So all of that, you know, I I I assume that the sort of residual damage will come out of the woodwork uh, in the coming months. And that, but for now I can't, I don't know. I, I still have residual really good feelings about what I just watched. Like it felt like legitimate basketball to me and I enjoyed watching it. Even though the Lakers won the goddamn title, yeah. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's take a break and come back because I can't think of anything else to talk about today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we're back. We're back. We're going to talk about college football because things are not going well in college football. Uh, specifically, University of Florida, where uh, head coach Dan Mullen, after a loss to Texas A&M, that I watched because it was a very exciting college football game. Oh, like, you, I've been bro- to you broke edge. You did yeah, watch it? Yeah, yeah. I All did. Right. I, I broke my little Lupica-style boycott of college football and watch that game. Like I had I was like cooking something, so it was all in the background, but I was like, this game's good. And uh, and then after Florida lost that game, because Florida was ranked like number four because like like there's only like three conferences playing right now. So everybody gets to get fucking ranked. Like <laughs> right now. If you're playing, you're ranked. But and so Florida was number four, and they lost. And then Dan Mullen was like, we need we need the swamp pact. We need to obey the governor of Florida, who is a fucking war criminal at this point." Yeah, he wants ninety thousand people in the stands. Three days later, Florida's own student newspaper broke that nineteen players had tested positive. And not only that, I believe Megan, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, Florida knew these. These players tested positive. Didn't want it getting out there, but the student newspaper broke it. And then people were like, no, that's not necessarily guaranteed. And then the AP was like, yeah, no, no, no. This is actually what happened. So, like, what do I do with all this information, Greenwell? Do Can I, can, should anyone, is it right for anyone to be watching college football right now and supporting no, no. it in any way?
1: No, I honestly didn't know that happened because I haven't paid any attention to college football, even when running a sports blog. For like five years.
2: Yeah. It was one that I, I cut it loose for me as soon as I left SB Nation and didn't need to care about it anymore. And it felt great. Yeah. College Get your Saturdays Polish
0: poss- sports a possible Achilles heel of our of uh, of our of our coverage back when oh, we were yeah. all working. Together.
1: But the nice thing is, I mean, I, I'm going to assume it's the same as a defector as it was a dead spin. Nobody yep. reads it anyway. Like it's right. great because when you do cover it, the traffic is fucking awful and it just validates your choice not to yeah. pay any attention.
2: I don't think I I knew the student journalism angle on that story. I knew that it came out that they had an outbreak and that the team was kind of like taking this new approach that uh, like sports are taking to COVID, which is just like treating it like an opponent that you can like (laughs) mad dog into quitting or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a
2: student journalism thing. I think maybe Megan would have heard about it through those channels, because even if you don't follow college sports, I know you're definitely up on what college newspapers are doing.
0: Yeah, the Titans. The Titans had the same shit going on, where they all got tested positive. They they had the NFL rearrange their entire goddamn schedule so that they wouldn't miss a game. Didn't get punished for it. They beat the shit out of the Bills on Tuesday night, and Ryan Tannehill's like, "Yeah, yeah, that one's for all the haters who thought we so do good it. We're tired of being disrespected." I'm like, "What
2: the fuck?" We heard a lot of people saying a lot of demonstrably true shit about us, and we weren't going to stand by and take it. <laughs>
1: oh, god! Do you realize I, you're also just describing? the last three weeks of Trump, right? No,
2: no, no, no. We don't do we come on. That's our president, Megan. Show a little respect. <laughs>
1: Fair.
2: But, yeah. I yeah. mean that's I wrote about this. I mean that definitely seems to be the way I that blog? I know it's not important that you read my blogs or not. All right? I look at your dog. You don't have five minutes to look at my at my blog post. That's okay.
1: Oh come on that's the relationship we have. I don't minutes. I
2: can't believe we're gonna do this here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it is like that idea of just like quitting but in like this like kind of blustery coachy type of way is like i feel like it's all been
0: kind of leading up to that yeah yeah I think just that's a that's fucking drag of course but are, uh, are you megan how is your state of mind you know we're we're 3 weeks away from the election and 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 trump has apparently beaten covid and also acquired heat vision as a result of it and his <laughs> dancing to wine. super dancing powers like are you optimistic or are you pessimistic right now greenwell
1: oh I mean, I fled to the woods because I'm so pessimistic about the world. I was (laughs) like, I just need to, like, be away from all of it. Uh, No, I'm pessimistic about everything. Um, The best case scenario is, like, I guess Biden wins the election, but, and Trump decides not to, like, stage a military coup? But it doesn't seem like a great solution because it, like... Trump is so far from alone at this point that I fear everybody around me as much as I fear him. He's got the nuclear button, but like the rest of them like may very well stage armed revolutions. Yeah, I don't feel good about anything right now.
0: I feel like this week has been particularly like I've I've been I've been trying to stay relatively optimistic. The fact that the Barrett hearings are going on this week and like I, I, I literally I said to everyone, I was like, I can't I can't look at it. I can't. If I see Mitch McConnell's face, I just turn homicidal and want to tear his face off in front of his kids. And like, and Albert was like, you just mute him. Just mute the word Mitch on Twitter. And that's what I did. Versus then I've had a bit more clarity, but I know, like, when I where I'm not looking, just awful, horrible machinations are taking place. So that's very tough to mm-hmm.
2: overcome. I will, I'm not exactly uh, going to blow sunshine up either of your butts, but I'm feeling less pessimistic. The, obviously, the Barrett hearings are abhorrent. The whole thing is depressing. I think that there's a chance that this is enough of a blowout that they can't do a lot of the fuckery that they want to do. I'm right. not I'm not predicting it because uh, every time I predict something, I'm wrong and this would be one I'd really hate to be wrong about. But uh, the idea that like I just feel like in a certain sense, like Megan's right, like Trump is not alone. There are all of these, you know, whatever, like a whole nation of fucking cops and, you know, just grievance mutants and boat fuckers and just nightmare people that are going to stay lined up behind him forever. But I also think that to a certain extent, people are really tired of him, like just really tired of having to think about him all the time, like because of how badly they duffed the pandemic that like. There's nothing in the culture but him now. There's nothing even in the news but him. And I think that, like, that would be exhausting even if he were a charming and interesting person, but he's fucking not. And so all you get is just, like, every day these endless beefs and, like, weird tweets about, like, Peter Stroke and Lisa Page and all
0: caps. And you're just like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> I do I do think a lot of people are, are over it. And I think that's part of the reason why, like, the boaters are out and shit. Yeah. I I think they might quietly know that they're in a very, very significant minority and they have to make themselves look bigger than they are, just like Trump does. Right. That's the whole
2: point is making people upset, like being like just rubbing it in their faces. And I think that like a lot of the stuff that you see, like some of these weird like ice directives where they're like, now you can just deport people. You don't need to show them to a judge anymore. Like that's like try that. Like all this stuff really has that feeling of like everybody getting one last uh Drink at last call i just don't know like you know whatever obviously there's all kinds of other shit that i don't know about but man i cannot wait to be on the other side of it i feel like megan talking about the next nba season being normal though the idea of just like (laughs) this is like rationalization going forward at a level that i've never even attempted before so Yeah.
1: yeah next year COVID's gonna be over uh, normal people will be in power, and the Oakland A's will finally win the World Series. I was going to
2: say, they'll get their bullpen shored up in like that seventh, eighth inning area that's kind of been a problem spot. Sorry, yeah. is it too
0: soon to talk about that or is it?
1: No, it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I read uh, I read a New York Times article that didn't make me angry for once in my life, and it was about how there is a case for optimism uh, because of treatments and because of, of what's called uh, ring immunity and things like that. And that Fauci himself said, you know, things ought to be turning to normal toward the second half of 2021, which is very, very far away. And yet we've been dealing with this shit for over half a year now. So if someone says to me, hey, we're just a year away, I'm like, that's not bad. Like I thought it'd be like fucking decades. I'm like, oh, a year. I can deal with that. Yeah, but that's oh, all
1: assuming we don't fuck up this winter, which judging from what Brooklyn looks like, we're definitely going to fuck up this winter.
0: What's going on in Brooklyn? Well,
1: wow. like, you know, people eating way too close together at restaurants, like 10 people clambering into a table together because like they're all buds or whatever. I just, I don't like it.
2: Yeah, this is definitely the thing that, like, keeps jumping out at me about this is, like, all of that stuff about how it could get better, like, that all makes sense. And, like, I don't know what ring immunity is, but it sounds tight, and I would would absolutely welcome it. But there's also not a game plan. There's not, like, any plan that you can sense. And so, like, what Megan's talking about, it's the same sort of thing in my neighborhood where it's, like, some places are trying really hard to keep people distant and to, like, limit the seating size and stuff. And then other ones are just, like, no, that's not, like, actually what we're going to do is just let everybody – um that is wearing like a 49ers jersey stand directly on top of each other and scream into each other's mouths on sunday (laughs) and so like and it's catch as catch can it's like one place is like that and then you go halfway down the block and then the other way is the way that it's being done like that to me like is it's hard to feel like there's any program in you know in place and like one way or another we're not getting that before january just kind of
0: grim that's like when I, I watched I watched Dak break his leg. I saw the injury happen in real time. That and of course, sucks. it was horrifying. Same. And then everyone, all the Smarmers on Twitter were like, don't show it again. Like we're all fucking kindergartners. I was like, fuck off. And and pretty much the only thing I found more horrifying than the injury and Dak crying. And people were like, don't show Dak crying. It's personal, man. I was like, give me a fucking break. It's TV. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> was the fact that that the Cowboys by far had the most fans of any NFL team. Like Jerry World was like, I want to say halfway full. They said like 27,000. It sure as fuck looked like 50,000 people. Right? Yeah. And that made me, that made my dick clench. I was like, oh, no, bad. Yeah. That's where, yeah,
2: every crowd shot was kind of like, I, I think I've talked about this on here. That I, I had a moment, like back when the protests were happening, I remember there was one in my neighborhood that like, there some real like anarchist looking dudes, um, just like whatever, like not in a scary way, just like, black jean shorts type of way uh like passing a joint on the corner and like this is something you see a thousand times you know in a given year of living here but like just watching them like take a wet thing out of their mouth and just hand it to another dude he's like thanks and then and i was like i had completely lost my ability to like process that as normal and every crowd shot from fucking jerry world i was like oh no no like that <laughs> it was just like pure
0: george romero like zombie vibes not what you want. No. I was pitching. Uh, I was. I was thinking about going because the the Washington football team is about to let fans into into their stadium, and I was like, you know, that actually would be pretty good for a post for me to go to a game. However, is it worth risking my life? And yeah. so I I said to my wife, I was like, I was like, well, should I do this? She's like, what about the bathroom? And she, I was like, oh, oh, the bathroom situation.
1: Yeah, you can't Just, do that. Yeah, because I was wear masks.
0: Huh? Yeah. The the fans have to wear masks and it's like 10,000 people and they're all sitting in their little. So like the, some of the NFL games I see at outdoor stadiums, it makes sense to me. It's like, it's like, okay, everyone's apart. Everyone's wearing a mask. Okay. They're drinking beers, but they're like, they're drinking beers, like 20 feet from the next cluster family. Over and all that stuff. And the stadium's outside. And we know outside transmission isn't as bad as inside transmission. So I was like, I was like, I could do that. But the pisser isn't outside. No. And the, and the pisser, like I, on a regular, like in a regular time, a stadium, a stadium bathroom is just like a haven of new disease strains. You can't I miss them so much. Yeah, yeah. I miss them too, man. <laughs> and I have a weak bladder, so it was. Uh, I ruled it out. I the wouldn't thing
1: where it. you and your pod get like a whole section, that sounds fun as hell to me. I bet yeah. that's awesome.
2: Yeah, th- yeah, I was reading about that for the World Series, that like that's how they're doing it. And th- yeah. some of them, it's been like, because not everybody has, they only sell them in groups of four, and not everybody is like, you know, the nuclear family. And the idea of like calling your friends up and being like, hey, do you want to like go live in a hotel in Texas with me for a week and watch baseball is like, yeah, I would love to do that. I haven't seen any of my friends in eight months. So that would be tight. But it is also not as uh, as easy as that, obviously. And no. having it in Texas is really kind of like jarring to me as well. Because that's where they're having, you know, baseball stuff too. And like that is another state that's just like very purposefully quit
0: because you can't show weakness to the virus.
1: So dumb. Yeah, bad state.
0: Would you guys like to drink from the poison chalice? Mm. I know you would. Always. Yeah, uh, this week, the, uh, the shitty take comes from the inimitable Darren Rovell. I want to say it in Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, do it. Daniel Radcliffe accent. R- Darren Rovell. Rovell. <laughs> uh, and during, during the Lakers championship celebration, he tweeted, For everyone who makes fun of Michelob Ultra in the locker room, it has been the fastest growing beer in America for the <laughs> last decade. In the last year, it has outsold every domestic beer but Budweiser. It doesn't become that because everyone makes of the brand. I don't... Uh, That's not even... That's not even English. Yeah. You can tell what he was saying, but... But if anyone's going to sprint to the defense of Michelob Ultra, it was going to be Darren Ravel. Yeah. Really.
1: Well, what's funny, right, is it started... I'm pretty sure it started with a tweet from Ryan Mack from BuzzFeed, who just, like, made a joke that, like, this is the only time in world history that Michelob Ultra has been consumed. (laughs) And Ravel, like, because Ravel was quote-tweeted in Ryan's tweet... Rovell like went on a multi-tweet spree about it. So attacking good, attacking Ryan for daring to imply that nobody would ever drink piss water. It was just incredible.
2: It's perfect, Rovell, especially because like if you think of like the the ultimate Rovell tweet being during like the 2016 debates where he was like, "I feel terrible for the country, but this is tremendous content." Yes. Like him being blasé about stuff like one of these two mutants is going to be president, but then as soon as someone makes a joke about Michelob Ultra,
0: he's like, "Look, bitch." <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm
0: not going to see He's got a red siren in his office. Anytime somebody says something bad about a brand, it's like he slides down his fucking Michelob Ultra <laughs> fire pole really r- rushing to do the defense. Yeah.
2: It's such a weird beat that he's because this is clearly like his dream is being the guy that's like first on the story of Skittles introducing a banana flavor. Like that's like he's lived his whole life to be the guy that breaks that story. But like he authentically is that guy. Which is what makes them so uncanny there, too. Like, the tone of that being, like, that's a personal offense to him that someone would, like, talk about Michelob Ultra as if it wasn't a successful brand. Yeah. Have you ever had it?
1: I don't think so.
0: I don't think I have either. I've also never, I don't drink anymore, but I, I, it was introduced while I was drinking. And I would have drank it if it had been the only thing around. But... Like I was just used to making fun of the ads because it was like it was like a Peloton ad but with a beer at the it's end.
2: It's so good, yeah. The sports beer. Like it was just like you and your buddies and you would like it out of 10k. Forgot you forgot about those ads.
1: Yeah, I forgot about the like we go for a long hike and then we drink our Michelob Ultra because it had low carbs or whatever the fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like all hot yuppies in like yoga pants, like climbing a fucking mountain and then like toasting with a sip of Michelob Ultra and yeah, it was yeah. like. It only has 99.5 calories per bottle. So it's and the fantastic. Thing,
1: sure it's not actually worse than like Bud Light or whatever, which obviously I've drunk on plenty of occasions, but it's just dumber. Like-
2: right. <laughs> yeah. Even the name itself, honestly, to me, like yeah. just Michelob as a kid, I remember it as being kind of like the aspirational piss beer Like that was like the one where you like you had to pronounce it right and stuff. It wasn't like you could just be like, bud, like animals make that sound (laughs) (laughs) like Megan's dog is going to make that sound as soon as we get done with the podcast. But yeah, like the idea of Michelob, the ultra version of Michelob itself, like whatever that is, is going to be funny, whether it tastes good or not.
0: It gets credit merely for still existing when like, like. Budweiser hires Jay Z to introduce Bud Light Platinum, and nobody gives a rat's ass. Yeah, true. It
1: right. doesn't just still exist. It is the fastest growing beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Put some fucking respect on its name.
1: <laughs> also, hey, it's, it's time true. I mean, I realize we're not like a cross section of real America, but like the stat itself, assuming Ravel is correct, which maybe um, seems kind of hard to believe.
0: But, but I can kind gr- of go ahead. I can kind. Of, I can kind of believe. A certain segment of Americans floating to, like, the turkey bacon of beers. But it also is. fastest growing is a – that's
2: a real slippery term. Like, I remember when, when I was at Vice and they started their own TV channel, it was – nobody watched it, uh, but it was on – they, like, took over – it was, like, History Channel 2 or, like, it was some, like, the auxiliary version of a not terribly popular cable channel. And so they were touting. They were, like, our ratings are up, like, 350,000%. Like people under the age of eighty are watching this channel now. Like this is it? We're doing it, and it was like all that that meant was basically that you stopped running like just documentaries about the Luftwaffe all day long, and then, like
0: some person watched Jesus and marrow at some point.
1: Yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> well, it's like yeah, it's like Rovell saying like, well, ten people drank Michelob Ultra in twenty nineteen, but this year a thousand people drank it. So, what do you think of that pace? Geometric growth. <laughs> <laughs> Time for your guy of the week in honor of you, uh, Greenwell, although you will actually, you'll take it the wrong way because it's in Oakland A. I I wanted to remember the immortal Scott Haddeberg, the original Moneyball player.
1: Do you want to know the depths of my A's delusion? When I saw this, that this was going to be the guy of the week, I was like, what are you talking about? Of course, Scott Hattaberg's not a guy. Scott Hattaberg was like key to three playoff runs. What are we even doing here?
2: Oh, my God. He is like you couldn't come up. That is like a precision crafted guy. You had elevated him in your mind to like legit dude oh, status.
1: Yeah. yeah Mark Mulder and then and, and Hattaberg are like basically the same to me. Mulder
2: got like Cy Young votes. Like Haddivert was just like the guy that they were like, well, he's too bad at catching to catch anymore.
1: Listen, my first week of college, the A's, I had gone to New York for college from the Bay Area. and oh, the like Lady Bird. In the middle of the streak that would eventually become the longest winning streak uh, ever in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You got to speed ever. it
1: up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, When they were, I think it was their 20th game, they were up 11-0 on the Royals. The Royals came all the way back to tie it at 11. And then in the bottom of the ninth inning, I was watching this game alone in my dorm room because I had no friends yet. Bottom of the ninth inning, one out, Scott Hatterberg steps to the plate and just like socks a dinger. And they won their 20th in a row. It was great.
0: I remember because that was the big... That was the uh, that streak was the centerpiece of the Moneyball movie. Correct. Where they well, were Scott like Hatterberg that was a... very
1: big in that movie. Yet another reason I might argue that Scott Haddaburger is not a guy
0: because he was he's played your... by Chris Pratt.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: He's your he's your Ryan Vogel song. I respect it. Also, in in uh, we had to do it in honor of uh, Billy Bean, uh, joining some sort of anonymous like amorphous like holding company that's going to own like the socks and Liverpool and like these other sports teams and he's not going to be a GM anymore. He's just going to be like a business boy. Yeah. 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 He's got, he's, he's going to, he's got the Bill Simmons thing where he's just going to get paid hundreds of millions of dollars to like be there and yeah. no other guys who have hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's
1: great. Now the Red Sox shit will never work in the playoffs again.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's right. But, but Billy Bean will get
2: to wear a lot of those like zip up fleeces. So who's to say that he's come out behind in that deal?
0: Yeah, it's true. They'll, they'll, the Red Sox will shit the bed in every playoff game, and then they can just say, well, it's a crapshoot, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should, so the A's should hire Dombrowski
2: and get, like, Arenado, JT Real Muto, like, the three best free agent pitchers
0: and just try that move. There we go. <gasps> the, uh, we, uh, we did not subject our last two guests to, uh, to a mashup because they were professional <laughs> musicians. <laughs> Greenwell, you are not so fortunate. Are you ready for the mashup of the week?
1: Absolutely not.
0: All right. That's kind of attitude I like, because here we go. Girl, you really got me now. You got me so I can't sleep at night. Girl, you really got me now. You're gone. I can feel my heart is breaking and I can't go on when I think of the love you have taken. Well, Megan, what did you think of that?
1: What what is the game?
0: <laughs> you have to guess what two artists I just mashed up.
1: I mean, the first one is the Kinks. Correct. You gotta sing the second one again.
0: No, don't ask him to sing it again. <laughs> Come uh, on, man.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what the second one is.
0: All right, Roth, do you know?
2: I don't, but I was going trying to figure out from the voice. Like, I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue, and I'll know it when you say it. But the lyrics, I kept expecting the next one to be something I knew, and it wasn't.
0: All right. Uh, it <laughs> yes, it is The Kings. I also would have... I would have accepted Van Halen because it's, you know, in tribute to Eddie, uh, R.I.P. Sure. The second a half is uh, 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 a deep cut from Whitesnake. It's Now You're Gone by Whitesnake. Jesus which Christ. Is, which is a ripoff of Same Old Song by, I believe, The Four Tops. And one day, I'm going to do a mashup that's not shitty old hair metal. Yeah, how did you get,
2: like, the... Like a B side by Whitesnake, and you're like, Well, that's just something everybody will know this. You
0: know who loves White Snake, Megan Greenwell.
1: <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> just had,
0: I'm trying to keep, I got, I have to enter the 20th century with these, and I, I will next week, but I didn't have the imagination to do it instead. Instead, you're subjected to my awful stoner late night musical taste. The so most I, pissed off I've been playing trivia was a week that you
2: were hosting, and you had a like white lion was the answer to like final defector d, and I was like I, I got it right because I grew up around when you grew up with like
0: only slightly less bad musical taste, and fucking Luis also knew it somehow. <laughs> oh yeah, Luis is horrible. Like I genuinely don't enjoy playing with Luis anymore because he's he just cheats. so awful. That's trivia. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know that he cheats. There's like. No, he doesn't cheat. He he know it's worse that he. I'd rather he cheat. Because <laughs> then I could just say, oh, he's not just a smarmy know-it-all dipshit. But no, he knows it all. And then he's like, how am I the only one who knows this? <laughs> Dude, everybody
2: knew about Panama's national
0: flag. I can't help but laugh that no one else knows what I know.
1: <laughs> I was running deadspin when we hired that guy. So I guess I so, have to take the blame for him. Yeah. You couldn't,
2: you couldn't have known. Did you talk to him about White Lion in the interview? Probably not, <laughs> Probably right? not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he came off normal in the interview i mean i guess that's the thing right you all come off normal at first
2: do we know. oh yeah that's very nice of you just i think that's
0: the nicest thing you've ever said to me uh let's hope <laughs> let's open up the defector fun bag this is uh from adam greenwell you get first crack at every answer what is the worst head coach offensive coordinator defensive coordinator trio you can imagine i've got head coach jed jeff fisher that's said Jid. <laughs> Defensive coordinator Greg Williams, an inspired choice. And offensive coordinator Doug Marone. Would you agree with that as the worst possible trio, That's Megan? Because I do good not. One. It is a good one. It's a good one.
1: What about Norv Turner?
0: Yeah. Ooh. I,
2: well, Norv always has that weird dead cat bounce, like the first half of the first season that he's coordinating, where they're like, they're really throwing it, they're slinging it around out there. Like they're having fun. And then he,
0: it just gets Norved. I still think of him as a good offensive coordinator and a poor head coach because a lot of the shitty head coaches were actually – Yeah. They, they should have just stayed coordinators, and they were really, really good coordinators. But Norv actually hasn't been a good offensive coordinator since Dallas, so really I'm just completely dating myself when I say that. What, I'm trying to think of who the worst offensive coordinator is in football right now. Like the, I think Greg Williams is the worst defensive coordinator. It makes uh, Brian, perfect sense. Brian Schottenheimer? Well, he just his team is undefeated. I know. They just beat my team. My sorry, his team at the gun. So I can't I just really I feel
2: like I've always thought of him as being the guy that gave you the most like it's not even just that it was bad, like the sort of thing where I'd like watch when he was coordinating the Jets, I guess. I'd just be like, I should go outside. Like I don't need to do this shit. Like this I'm not getting paid to watch them go off tackle twice and and then like whatever just throw the ball directly into the turf.
0: This is true. But you're right. It's like sooner or later, everybody
2: does sort of wind up redeeming themselves in that weird way.
0: I keep wanting to go back into history. So, like, the defensive coordinator instead of Greg Williams, I'd have like Rob Ryan. Yeah. And then for like offensive coordinator, I have like John Shoop or like, or like, or I'd have Bill O'Brien be the offensive coordinator. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean,
2: he definitely, it's like you could have O'Brien be your head coach and your offensive coordinator because like if Bill O'Brien is also the GM of this worst possible team, which we should assume he is, and yes, like he would right. be
0: doing the play calling as well. Well, yeah, we could, okay, we could have Adam Gase or Dan Quinn be the head coach and then you could have Bill O'Brien be the offensive coordinator and he'd be like Aaron Eckhart in any given Sunday being like, well, I'm really the the head coach, like I'm going to pull a power play. While like Greg Williams is like ordering his players to carry a knife onto the field.
2: Yep. (laughs) One thing I would say just to put a word in for not to say that any of the head coaches we named aren't bad, but the totally overmatched coordinator that gets to be a head coach for one year is like spare a thought for Jim Tom Sula or Tom Cable as a possible head coach for this team. Like a guy who's totally not in control and getting run roughshod over and then also can't talk.
0: Well, those guys didn't even get coordinator gigs. Like, I don't even know what kind of. Coordinator. Yeah, tonsula
2: skipped a like a whole level, like an important. He's a defensive
0: one. line coach. He's a great what defensive was line coach. Yeah. yeah. Coordinator? coordinator? Uh, no, we... no, I don't think so. He might have been a special teams coordinator. That's always the wild card. Like, yeah, Jim like John...
2: Jim Zorn went from being a quarterbacks coach to being a head coach. I think. An awful head. A coach.
0: very bad head coach. <laughs> Uh, Megan, this one's from Rob. He says, I've been one of the lucky ones maintaining a sales job throughout the pandemic with an extremely banana, vanilla. It's
2: fine. It sounds good.
0: An extremely banana Rama employer situation. <laughs> they are like actually practicing the family business line. They preach that said there's been a major creep in the length and quantity of zoom meetings leading now to a scheduled six-hour Zoom meeting scheduled for this coming Friday. This is fucking bananas, right? I feel like something needs to be said but don't really want to raise a fuss, even though I think a video call that long is banned under the Geneva Convention. <laughs> what should Rob do? Megan, you're a boss. Would you ever schedule a six-hour Zoom meeting?
1: Absolutely not. No, an hour is pushing it. I lose focus real quick on a Zoom. Um you gotta tell somebody. I think you gotta like organize everybody, either unionize or <laughs> just organize everybody in this particular situation, and go to the boss and say we can't do this. We need breaks. That's crazy.
0: I think so you could you
2: possibly do for six hours. Like Francesa isn't on the radio that long.
0: I've I've been stuck in when I was in the ad business. I was stuck in in meetings that would go that long. Wow. Like, like really? I, yeah. Well, like you know how like in Hollywood there are writers' rooms, and so your all your entire workday is a meeting. I guess. All right,
2: all right, I guess well, actually,
0: if you think of it that way, that makes sense. That it would. Be right, well, so yeah, better. picture that. But for a retail newspaper ad for AT and T Wireless, so. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I just, I, I, think there's a way. Actually, I think there's a way Rob can do this that doesn't sound like a complaint, and actually sounds like, like I think he could go to the boss and say, "I don't think this is productive. People are going to zone out. If we did X, Y, Z instead." that yeah. would act like if you sound like you're taking initiative instead of just complaining because bosses always just back when you're just complaining you're not, you're soft and like but if you if you sound like someone who's like oh like a real young go-getter who's like well what if I plan it out this way then they're like oh oh this guy has grit and verb I he's like,
2: disrupting the zoom meeting yeah space.
0: I like the cut of his jib I think he could pull it off that way but like like we're having a zoom meeting right now for this podcast and I'll be exhausted. After it. Oh, even, yeah. Even though we're talking about, like, poop and, yep. like, and bad mashups and stuff. So, a six-hour Zoom meeting, I do not think, I think that would take literal weeks off of your lifespan if you did yeah. that. So, you can't. On my
1: longest days, I will have nine Zoom meetings. Nine. I think I once had ten oh, in a wins. day. Because oh. I'm in management, and, like, that's what management is, right? You're just constantly on Zoom. Right. Um, and it sucks my soul out of my body. I get off of it and I feel 10 times as tired as if I had had nine meetings, in-person meetings. Yeah. And my husband, who does not spend a lot of time on Zoom during his workday, then is like, let's zoom with some friends. I'm like, absolutely not. There is no more zooming gonna yeah,
2: happen. That shit fell off fast. I like I miss it kind of. I mean, like, and I'm not on Zoom nearly as much as as you are, but it's like, for Kate, it's been that she's just on all the time doing it. And like I think the more that that's become like what's replaced work. Like I miss talking to my friends a lot, but like we just text now, like nobody wants to look at a screen and see themselves any more than they already do.
0: I totally agree. The someone, I think it was Ashley fetters on Twitter said, use the hide self view function on zoom and it'll, it'll, it'll give you more energy than you ever had. And I'm using it right now and it's fantastic to not look at myself.
2: You look amazing though, man. Thank you. No problem.
0: I've been doing (laughs) push-ups. Uh, You want one more, uh, Greenwell, before we go away? Yeah, man. Patrick writes in, I turned 41 this year, and for the first time I hated hearing Happy Birthday. I don't even want to hear it from my kids. What the fuck? Do you like hearing Happy Birthday when it's your birthday?
1: I like the ritual of it. I like my birthday. I'm not 41 yet, but I I think birthdays are fun, and I think people who are anti-birthday should just get over it. But Happy Birthday is a really shit song, so maybe by the time you've heard it 41 times, plus all the times for your family and friends... That's just the threshold after which you can't hear it anymore. Uh, but if it's just about being 41, get over it, man. It's fine. You're That's not even old. You're fine.
2: I mean, I don't know the last time someone sang that to me. And it's not like a being old thing. I think that just kind of stops. Like at some point, birthday parties are just like going to a bar with people.
1: Doesn't your mom call you and sing it on your birthday? Oh, day?
2: you know what? They do. My parents do it. And she's a good singer, and my dad is a very bad singer, and they both kind of like try to harmonize for maximum impact. <laughs> so, like, she'll sing it properly, and then my dad's just in the background caterwauling. So, actually, maybe I like the song now. Now that I'm like thinking about it, that actually sounds kind of nice. I, uh, yeah. a
1: really bad song. Like, it sounds bad if you're if you have a great voice, it sounds terrible if you have an awful voice. It's just we need to like reinvent Happy Birthday.
0: I think we should use the, uh, it's, it's not by them The Ting Ting's do a punk song called Happy Birthday. That's a cover of another punk band. I can't remember the original one. But I like that song way better than Happy Birthday. And I'm 44. And uh, unlike you two, I've had to navigate the Kitty Birthday Party Gauntlet for 14 years now. So I never need to hear Happy Birthday ever again. Like, my parents do still sing it to me. And it's very nice. And I like being wished happy birthday on my birthday, which was last week. Ding! Yeah, but the yeah. Uh, I the song itself, it. the song itself is useless. If I never hear happy birthday again, sung to anybody, much less myself, I don't give a shit. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah. And on that note, happy podcast, everybody. <laughs> That's true. Did you have a fun time, Greenwell? Would you come back on?
1: If I'm invited, yeah. You but are talk about pancakes next time.
0: Oh, yes cuz you 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 did a face turn on pancakes. You're all right with pancakes now, right?
1: I I'm okay with pancakes. I still wouldn't say they're terrible, but what did I say before they can go to hell or something? Yeah.
2: Or they were trash uh, or should live in the toilet yeah, or whatever. No,
1: they're fine. I got into them during quarantine cuz it's like a nice little ritual to make pancakes on morning on weekend mornings. Um they're okay. I'd still rather have a waffle, but I can't bring myself to like pay even though it's like in what 30 bucks for a waffle iron yeah just storing it i don't know i can't bring myself to do it so they're a,
0: they're a pain in the ass they take up counter space and then the worst thing is if you put too much batter in which i always do because i'm always hungrier than my eyes are bigger than my stomach yeah. and then it leaks it like the sh- like the shit expands when you put it down and it leaks out and that is just the i'm like oh my god I have to wipe shit off the counter now. This is the worst thing since World War II. I hate it. It's just... <laughs> this is how terrible. it starts, though, Megan.
2: I'm glad you're on your journey, your pancake evolution.
0: Brandon Nix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. And Stitcher's chief content officer is Chris Bannon. Also, the new Distraction theme song was composed and played by the immortal Kirk Hamilton. Thank our you, buddy. Kirk. Yes, you can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us at The Distraction, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. You go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code, and this is tricky, DISTRACT. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And subscribe to defector.com too. And our friends at discourse.blog have uh, also started their own website. They migrated from Substack. Onto a CMS that we use uh, by Ali and by Pico, and they have their own site now. They are fantastic, particularly right now in, uh, in election season. They're the only people who aren't going to give you either just gross wingnut garbage or watered down Timesian, uh, both sides is them. So please go to discourse.blog and uh, subscribe to them, and go to wired.com and support Megan Greenwell's unparalleled work as an editor there. Greenwell, thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me, boys.
0: Thanks for coming. And and say hi to Theo for us, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.